Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back here on The First Team. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by former NFL QB and also founder of The Sims Complete QB, Matt Sims. Also joining us is Irish Breakdown recruiting analyst, Ryan Roberts. Today, we're going to be doing a bit of a fun exercise, more off-season content for you folks. We're going to be buying or selling the hype for some of these programs coming into 2023. Now, if it's a team like LSU, are they going to be winning the sec west are they going to be heading to the college football playoff do we buy hype like that we're going to get to all that and more i want to start us off though guys with clemson clemson i think is a good starting point for this because clemson had a down year last year but still a successful one because they won the acc dj uyunglele is now gone he's no longer the starting quarterback they bring in a new offensive coordinator, the prized man amongst the grouping of available offensive coordinators in Garrett Riley from TCU. He steps into place. So now the hype that we're getting this offseason, fellas, is can Clemson win the ACC again? Can Garrett Riley lead this offense to historic levels? And can Cade Klubnick, who stepped in at the end of the season, reach the Heisman sleeper potential that we even talked about on this program that he has that capability to reach. So I want to kick us off here. Matt, I want to start with you talking about Clemson. Are we buying into the hype? Will they win the ACC? Will they beat out Florida State? And will Klubnik potentially be at the podium for the Heisman ceremony? I was really hoping you'd go to Ryan first on this one, man, because I have just been going back and forth in my mind on Clemson. You know, one day I am high on Clemson. The next day I'm like, ah, not so much. So it's really just this Jacqueline and Hyde relationship right now that I have with this Clemson football team for whatever reason. Um, like the majority of these teams that we'll talk about today, I mean – their, their September and November are extremely crucial. Florida State early on in the season, September 23rd. And then really the next big games are going to be Notre Dame, UNC, and South Carolina that all happen in the month of November. And, you know, right now I want to say that, yes, I am buying Clemson. And I think it's more so in the fact that I believe in Dabo Sweeney. I believe in Garrett Riley. I believe that what they have right offensively at with Cade Klubnick and just really also to the defensive firepower they have in the middle of that interior defense you know so they have guys like jeremiah charter and barrett carter coming back mm. guys that have played a ton of football physical football i feel like they'll get back on the right track that way and then also four out of the five offensive linemen are returning for clemson and i think that's extremely important for a young quarterback going into his first year as a full-time starter to be comfortable in the acc and i think they do get it done with Dabo at the helm well, Joe, you threw like six different takes in the one take here, man. So I'm buying <laughs> part <laughs> of the <laughs> take. How are they all different? The whole point here is that they're going to be <laughs> yeah. a massively more explosive they, offensive team and that Cade is is going to be the, at the forefront of that. Because I would argue that this team could not be a massively all, uh, explosive offense, still win the ACC, and Cape Clubbing also doesn't win the Heisman. There's three different takes in there, man. There's three different takes. <laughs> right. I'm buying well, but, one. Okay. Yes. 
the take which one yeah, which one you buying which one you the buying take that we're primarily <laughs> analyzing though ryan is the offensive one so let's focus on that because they won the acc last year so there's no hype behind if they win it again you know it's like not, yeah it's not that well that's repl- well, that's replicable I'm still putting it into the take, though. The take is okay. they will still <laughs> win the it. ACC. Yes, I believe they will win the ACC. Their offense will be better than it was in 2022. I also agree. They have a better offensive coordinator now in place. Garrett Riley, I think, still has some things to prove. You know, it's a very limited sample size as far as what he has proven as an offense coordinator. But in his limited sample size, it was incredibly impressive. You have Cape Klubnik, who's a former high four-star Five, five, uh, high four star, five star type quarterback that is going to be leading this offense with, not to mention, Will Shipley coming back in the backfield, yeah. Antonio Williams coming back, Jake Brendan Stahl is a very talented tight end. They have a couple of nice offensive linemen returning, including Mil- Blake Miller, who was a freshman All American at offensive tackle. So I think the offense is going to be a lot better. I think they win the ACC. I'm just selling. Cade Klubnik being in the Heisman race in 2023. I just think that's a, probably a year too early. Clemson's mm-hmm. – I think that Clemson's identity is changing quickly, and it'll be much different than what we've seen over the last couple of years. And it's a very welcome change. One big thing that – and you mentioned Dabo Sweeney, Matt. Like I will give a big kudos to Dabo. Sometimes the biggest faults of some coaches is that when they make coaching changes – that they can't see that, hey, maybe I didn't make a great uh, mm. offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator hire. He noticed just after a year of Brandon Streeter that maybe offensive coordinator is still a bit of an issue. Maybe the offensive identity is still a bit of an issue. Makes the change, gets Garrett Riley, has a young, talented sophomore quarterback. I think Clemson is now going to really transition that offense into the explosive type that we are used to at Clemson back. And I think that the defensive pieces, there are enough that that Clemson is still going to be a very good football team. You mentioned Barrett Carter. You mentioned Jeremiah Trotter. They also got Tyler Davis and Rook Aurororo both coming mm-hmm. back to anchor the middle of that defense. I think Clemson is, again, a very good team in 2023, but I am selling the Heisman hype for Cade Klubnik in 2023. Hell of a pronunciation there, by the way. That's probably one of the worst that's names how, to that's pronounce. That's how you pronounce it. That's how you Aurora pronounce it. Aurororo. I, I no, no, I'm not making fun of you. I'm actually commending you. I'm commending <laughs> Joe, you. <laughs> Joe, I said I said it to be a jerk one time. I said that you just need to say it in a Scooby-Doo accent and just be like, oh, huh. rawr, rawr, and that's exactly how it sounds, man. That's exactly how it sounds. So I actually push back, though, Ryan. Uh, I have the opposite thought here. I'm buying the capabilities for Cade Klubnik to reach the the Heisman uh, podium. I think I don't think he's going to win it but I think that he will be one of the finalists for the award. What we saw Max Duggan last year do and accomplish was significant. He was amongst the final grouping. I understand that he's an older quarterback, but we can all sit here and agree, and I'm curious Matt's take on this being the quarterback, that Kate Klubnick has more talent, is a more talented player, and has a higher ceiling than what Max Duggan did last year. And Duggan did some great stuff, but if Garrett Riley can unlock that being able to unlock the highest potential out of Max Duggan, I think that the ceiling is so high for Cade Klubnik. And I think that he's going to get there, especially with a weaker ACC schedule. I think you need all you need is, um, you know, three quarters of your games to be statistically dominant and put out some really good performances to be amongst that final, final grouping of, of well, guys. I don't think that's I, impossible I, for him to accomplish. 
I definitely agree with the fact that I think the ACC, right? I mean, let, let's face it. The ACC is what? It's it's a two-man, maybe a three-man race, right? It's UNC, yes. Florida State, and Clemson. Is there anyone else that we're actually considering to make a run for winning it no. this year? No, uh, I, I don't think I so. I mean, n- not really, right? So the other aspect of is, you know, Cade Klubnik, I, I think he has a lot of potential. I think he has a lot of upside to him, you know. But to say that he is going to do what Max Duggan did a year ago, I mean, let's let's think about some of the plays that we saw Max Duggan make a year ago. A lot of those weren't like, oh, he made the right read and got through his progression. Yeah. A lot of those plays were just like him being a straight dog out there and and making chicken salad out of chicken doo doo. So I don't really expect to see Cade Klubnik do. Max Duggan type of things, but I do see a natural progression in the in the position, and I do see them, you know, at least allowing him to learn what his skill sets really are. Because I don't really think we have a mu- too much of a sample size to really know the 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 ceiling of what Cade Klubnik is mm-hmm. as a full time starter yet. We we see a lot of upside, but I don't think we have that full picture of of who he is yet as a leader. So I agree I also, with that. I also think that you kind of hit a little bit of lightning in the bottle in the sense that TCU had a bunch of experienced wide receivers that had just not been incredibly productive because of the last system. That's I mean, talking about right. Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, like a Clemson. I mean, Joe, who's the best Clemson receiver coming back? Antonio Williams, who's a freshman last year. Yes. Like, there's just not a bunch of experienced playmakers on offense for Clemson outside of Will Shipley at running back. So I just think that it was a little bit of lightning in the bottle and TCU last year for Garrett Riley. And also let's not sit here and act like there's the greatest defenses in the world playing in the big 12. Like it wasn't exactly, (laughs) but that lead that supports my fire. I think that supports my my point equally though. I think that that supports my point equally in the sense that if he was able to accomplish those things against weak defenses, like are the, what defenses in the ACC are, are so scary that, Kate Klubnick and Garrett Riley can't be productive this year. I, I think it's, it's possible. It's, it's not as much about the opponents for me. It's more about where they are in line of the window, right? Max Duggan okay. was a senior. The wide receivers mm-hmm. were experienced. We're talking about a sophomore quarterback with his best wide receiver being a sophomore wide receiver. Like it's just it's it's a little bit of a of an immature window, I believe, right now for Clemson. That's my only push. I mean, the good sign for Clemson is is that they have 15 re- returning starters from a year ago that won the ACC, right? And 15 mm-hmm. returning starters no matter what league you're playing in, whatever the competition, that's a good thing to have, right, for Dabo Sweeney and, and going into the season. I also I also love that we're talking about Clemson and Alabama coming off of down years in which they won ten plus games and won a, a division championship, which is just absolutely I know. fantastic. I know it, it's I know. nuts and very <laughs> awkward, but I kind of enjoy it too. <laughs> so the other opponent, or as we just mentioned there, the other team in the ACC that is getting hyped up right now is Florida State, and the hype that we've heard from them because of the work that they've done in the transfer portal, all the important players that are coming back in Jordan Travis, in Jared Verse, in, in Trey Benson, um, Johnny Wilson. They went and got Keon Coleman. They have had Ventral Cypress. They have pulled so many guys in the portal to the point where this roster looks like an SEC roster. Some could make that argument. They are very dominant on both sides of the football. So the hype we've got right now, people are saying Florida State is a, is a national championship sleeper. That is the the phrasing that has been thrown out there for this team. I'm not going to include the hype for Jordan Travis to maybe be a Heisman sleeper. I don't want to go down that path. But for this team overall, the hype is college football playoff or bust. 
So Ryan, I want to go to you first on this one. Are you buying or selling the, them reaching the college football playoff in 2023? I'm selling them actually making it, but I'm buying the potential of it. I mean, there is potential for Florida State to make that type of push. It's just, I just literally just said on the last take that I think Clemson's going to win the ACC. So two ACC teams are not going to make the top four playoffs in 2023, right? So process yeah. of elimination. I don't think they're going to quite make the push, but I think they're talented enough to make to be in the AC championship game or at least be into the conversation of winning the ACC down into the last stretch of the season. And if they're in the last stretch and they make a hard push, I think they are talented enough. Because like you said, Joe, I mean, you have Trey Benson, you have Johnny Wilson, you have a starting quarterback in Jordan Travis who took a massive step in 2022. You have Jared Verse at defensive end who is probably the biggest recruiting pitch that Mike Norvell made this offseason the ability to get him to come back to school and not enter the NFL draft. So they are talented enough to make that push, but ultimately I think that Clemson wins the ACC. And with that in mind, no, I'm going to buy I'm going to sell that they win they make the college football playoff cuz we're not going to see two ACC teams in the playoff game or in play in the playoffs, I should say. Good point. Matt, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, and it's it's really interesting, this one, with the Clemson-Florida State dynamic because uh, it, it, a lot of it will kind of come down to that matchup early in the season, September 3rd, right? And, uh, excuse me, uh, September 23rd. Um, what I think about when I when I go back and look at Florida State this past year, I, I'm surprised that you're not talking about Jordan Travis in, in the same sense as a, as a Kate Klubnik. I think that he has shown regularly that he is on a, on a path to have a, a more of a breakout season than Kate is, but despite maybe not being as as popular or as on popular demand as Kate in, in some of the recruiting trials. But, you know, Jordan is a baller. He's improved dramatically at the position. His ability to run and scramble and make plays with his feet is extremely impressive. And, and Jordan verse, like Ryan just mentioned, I mean, he's going to be a difference maker for that football team. I am selling them as far as a college football contender, but I do think that this will be one of the seasons where we are going to see a college football playoff where every team in the college football playoff has at least one loss, at least one loss. And that's where I think a team like a Florida State, like Ryan said, even if they lose early on to a Clemson, will still have that fighting chance late in the year uh, to maybe get in and jump in if someone you know makes a mistake late in the season. But, you know, Florida State, I'm excited for what they got offensively and defensively, loaded with talent. Like you said, three to the five offensive linemen are returning again for them. So I find that always extremely important for any quarterback that's returning or a first-year starter. Um, and, and just Tatum Bethune, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, all these guys that have just a ton of experience and are ACC leaders in each of their fields, I think will have another breakout season, kind of put Florida State back on that national scene where we grew up, or at least us three, uh, always anticipating them being part of. So I'm going to have to come on here and disagree with you guys again. Oh, I'm buying. I am buying Good. the hype. I think Clemson is has improved, as you said, where we can be optimistic because of the change in offensive philosophy that was not working for the past few seasons. That is going to help them. They are returning some important players. They're also losing a lot of guys on their defensive line. There are some question marks, I believe, for that roster. I can't find another team that has been this successful in the portal as Florida State. 
Florida State went out and got some of the best players at multiple positions. They have one of yeah. the best receiving rooms. Actually, I, I'm going to go as far as to say they have the best receiving room in the ACC. I don't think that should be – that's a hot take to say. They've got one of the best running backs in Trey Benson. And then as we've talked about here with Jordan Travis, I think that this team is so well-rounded front to back that you don't need Jordan Travis to be in the Heisman conversation to get that far. I think if he plays a little bit better than what he did – last season play as well as he did in the bowl game against Oklahoma. If you get games like that out of him against the important, difficult opponents on their schedule, they will reach the college football playoff. The biggest roadblock for me is going to be that LSU game. I think that yeah. they beat Clemson in a close battle, but LSU could be that one potential loss that you're talking about. And if they have one loss and it's to LSU who, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk highly of in a, in a second if they lose to them and that's their one loss that is a really good resume come the final week of the season if tcu can get in with one loss after not winning their their conference i think that that florida state will win their conference and they will get in with one loss mm. let's talk lsu joe <laughs> oh you want to go right to lsu okay so lsu has been hyped up their hype is that that's funny they're riding the momentum of last year where they beat Alabama. They made it to the SEC championship game. Bit of a messy game. It depends on who you talk to on how they perceive that performance. Some people say that it was a blowout. I'm one of those people. Some LSU people say that it you know, was a tough, hard-fought performance. Don't really understand that. Don't really get – cut it out with the faces. Cut it out with the faces. I'm just, I'm just listening to you. I'm just listening. The hype. You're right, listening a little too actively. <laughs> No, because I'm in enough LSU circles where you do hear some people say that it was a hard-fought battle, which yeah. I, oh, nice. I don't agree nice. with. I love that. But here's the point. They are now being hyped up after also having a really good portal haul and them returning Jane Daniels, who had a strong final stretch of the season, that they could get to the college football playoff, win the SEC West, maybe not beat out Georgia, but make it to the playoff if they make it that far with a one or two loss resume. Matt, because I know that Ryan's going to go on a very long diatribe here. <laughs> yeah. Matt, your thoughts on this buying or selling? Ryan, I'll keep it really short to give you the most maximum time you need to just rip apart LSU and their title hopes. Uh, I am selling. I am selling LSU's hype. I believe that they are still maybe a year or two away from, you know, Getting past that hump. I really think the biggest question mark really for LSU is just the fact that they have a really bad defense, you know, and, and not necessarily a bad, bad defense, but they just they don't perform well enough in crucial situations. Right. They don't make the game uh, decision stops right as often as you would like to see from a team like that. You know, and I'm comparing them to who I'm comparing them to Alabama and LSU and LSU and Alabama both are in a whole nother tier defensively and statistically than they are. You know, Tennessee is one of those outliers. Their defense was horrible, but they scored about 60 points a game, so it didn't mm -hmm. matter how many points they were giving up. LSU gave up too many points, too much rushing yards, almost gave up like 3,000 rushing yards on the season. That's way too much. Poor tackling. We saw that throughout the season too. So I feel like the defense really has to kind of step up, be a little bit more of a physical presence in that stadium, especially in home games. I, I do think that Jaden Daniels will have another really successful season. I think Brian Kelly and that offense will perform well, but I don't think that they'll kind of get over that hump that they need to. That Florida State game September 3rd is huge, obviously. Alabama November 4th is going to be huge, but I, I don't see them – 
being the champions of the West and then being in the college football playoffs. So I'm selling LSU this season. Joe, you know how we lead up to analysis, right? We start with the positives, and then we actually give the real analysis, okay? <laughs> okay. The positives. Okay. Brian Kelly did incredibly well in year one. A lot better than right. I thought he was going to be in the situation that he was given. LSU was not in a great spot. They had a lot of defections from the roster. I would argue some of those defections was probably a help to year one, to be honest, as far as from an attitude perspective. But mm-hmm. regardless – Brian Kelly did not have a ton of talent or at least proven talent coming into 2022. He ends up going 10-4, makes it the SEC championship game, beat Alabama 32-31 in overtime. A lot of good to come out of LSU in year one. And I think that LSU fans, in my opinion, should be very optimistic for the consistency that LSU will be bringing over the next few years. Because if there's one thing Brian Kelly has shown at any of his stops, whether you go back to Grand Valley State or Central Michigan or Cincinnati or Notre Dame, is that he is going to be the consistent product on the field when he gets everything rolling and they're going to be a consistently good football team. Where I think that things need to just pump the brakes a lot on LSU a little bit is that I think that the 2022 schedule that we talk about with the 10-4 and record – is a little bit misleading to what the actual team was because they beat Alabama in one football game. Look right. at some of these games they lost, Joe. Lost to Florida State first game of the season. Fine. First game of the season, we'll throw that one outside the outside the door. They won narrowly against Auburn 21-17 with an ugly game, which Auburn was a bad football team last year, man. Mm. Just lost their coach. They got run out of the building against Tennessee 40-13. to That game was not even close to being competitive. That was a terrible football game. They beat a bad Florida team. I will give them the Ole Miss game last year. That was a very competitive football game, and they won down the stretch. That was the second most impressive game last year for LSU outside of the Alabama game. The Ole Miss was a good team. Arkansas, 13-10. Joe, you know who didn't play in that football game for Arkansas? It was um, it was KJ Jefferson. Their starting quarterback didn't play that football game, Joe. They that was also in very frigid. That was also in very frigid temperatures. Oh, I, that is the only one I will defend stop, them for. Stop. That was stop, in very frigid. Did you watch that game? It, that was in freezing I temperatures. I did watch that game. And if KJ Jefferson plays in that football game, it's not Malik Hornsby. LSU loses that game. Louisiana boys lost. are not used to the cold weather like that. Oh, they are we're never always experienced excuses, anything like that. man. We're always giving excuses. <laughs> Texas A&M. They had a chance after beating Arkansas and beating UAB to potentially be in the playoff conversation if they run the table. Then they lose to Texas A&M 23 to 38. And if you watch that game, Texas A&M controlled that game pretty much start to finish. Then they go to the Georgia game, the SEC championship game. They lose by 20 points. It was not as close as 20 points would dictate in that football game, 50 to 30. LSU took hard fought, hard fought, hard fought, man. They took a nice step forward in 2023, but this game is one win away from it looking like a completely different season and LSU fans looking at it completely differently than what they're looking at it right now. I think that there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to be excited about, but I look at that offensive line and say they still have a lot of room of improvement. Wide receiver outside of Malik Neighbors has a lot of areas of concern and, and questions that need to be answered. The defense, I think that, Yes, Harold Perkins is an excellent football player on the second level that can rush the passer. But outside of him, who is their best pass rusher on this team, Joe? Ovi Agufu? 
who has eight and a half career sacks coming into 2023. Is that their guy? Their secondary has no, basically no returning starters. Their best player coming back is Jay Ward, who was a very average safety on the back end. They're replacing both corners. I think LSU is not nearly as good as we're acting like. Are they better than what they were when Brian Kelly took over? Yes. Are they going in the right direction? Yes. Are they going to beat Alabama again this year? Selling it. Are they going to make the SEC championship game again? Selling it. Are they going to beat Florida State? Selling it. They'll still be a good football team. They're not close to being that level of consistency yet. And don't even get me started on quarterbacks in year two under Brian Kelly in the in the regression that they have. Name the last quarterback Brian Kelly's had that in their second year, they actually looked better than the first year, or at least as good as the first year. There is a lot of here that I think that LSU is going to take a little bit of a step back from a win-loss perspective, but they could actually get better as a football team. They can get better and go 9-3 and three instead of winning 10 games in 2023. So, yes, I'm selling SEC championship game. I'm selling national title hope. I'm selling playoffs. <laughs> it's a year or two too early for LSU, in my opinion. So thank you for giving me 10 seconds to give my take. Uh, look, just final thoughts on this. I'm not buying that they go to the college football playoff because I think that there is still a lot of work on this roster that needs to be done. Yeah. But their biggest hurdles, beating Florida State, which they might not do, Beating Alabama, Alabama's – I'm going to be straight up. I'm not optimistic about what they're going to do offensively. I don't think Tommy Reese is a very good offensive coordinator. I think that they're going to beat Alabama, and that is going to be enough for them to win the SEC West. They will win the SEC West again. They will go to the SEC Championship again. They will get their asses kicked again by Georgia, and they won't make it to the playoff. That's what's going to happen for LSU. Folks, thank you for tuning in. At Joe DeLeon, <laughs> at Rise and Draft, at Sims Complete QB. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.